0: Our first Bible reading comes from the first letter to Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through to verse 6. That's 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through to 6. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, Mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's continue the reading of God's word through 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 7 through to 10. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Acacia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living And true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. May God bless us with his reading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we come now to look at your word, as we come to consider what it means in regards to a Christian community. We thank you, Lord, for what we've been reminded about. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen us, help us through the Holy Spirit to hear you and to respond as we should. And we thank you for this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's been no doubt that certainly since the striking of COVID, the question of a Christian, the question of a community and community needs has certainly uh, been more and more emphasised. We look at the news and see sometimes things happening and often certain communities are referred to, whether it be by nationality. We've seen people from the Indian community expressing their concerns over what's been going on there. When the explosion in Beirut occurred, the people turned to those who were the heads of the Lebanese community throughout Australia and spoke to them in regards to that. Of course, in country towns and in many places such as Olveson, the expression of community has always been something that's been very important. Growing up in, uh, in the city of Sydney, there was always one thing that you always found whenever you went and visited country towns is that their sense of community and the need to be together as a community was certainly of a greater emphasis than in a multiple city of multiple millions of people even in terms of religious communities. We hear about Muslim and Buddhist communities and other communities which continue to spring up and and no doubt we'll see more and more of here in Tasmania as we see more people immigrating from not only interstate but also from other countries and looking to join as well. But certainly the struggle for many communities over the last year and a half with COVID has certainly been seen. When isolation has occurred during the periods of lockdown, the ability to be a community amongst people was certainly changed, going from being able to meet together to having to stay at home to rather than seeing people face to face seeing them through a computer screen. And in fact, many ways, a communities, as they have struggled, and in some places sadly passed, Christians as we ourselves, we have always seen ourselves as a community. Christian believers of course, express that community and sometimes we seem to be at odds with the world. There are sometimes when Christian communities within themselves struggle, sometimes going like a boat without a rudder. But what should a Christian community look like? What is the linchpin for us as Christians which holds a Christian community together? How do we grow as a Christian community in Alveston, in northwest Tasmania, in Australia? What do we share with not only the communities here, but throughout this country and even through other Christian communities throughout the world? Well, this morning as we look at these first ten verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, I want us to see what a Christian community actually is held by. And in many ways it is the same thing which holds not only the Christian community here, but every Christian community. And I want to put to you this morning that in fact without this one important thing, we don't actually see a Christian community. And to remind ourselves, not only is that the very thing that holds a Christian community together, it is actually the very reason why we express what we do. It's why we live the way we live. It's why we speak the way we speak. It's why we show the love and compassion we are called to do so. And so for me this morning is to show you all where that linchpin holds. So if you've got your Bibles in front of you in terms of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, let's take a a look at this together. We note here that this Christian community is actually an elected community. Not in terms of like the voting we did a week or two ago, but in the very greeting that Paul gives to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They are a community in God the Father. It is God who has actually brought the Thessalonians together. This community has not come about because they thought it was a good idea. They haven't come about because it's their own choosing of coming together. No, Paul makes it clear that God the Father has actually drawn them together. verse 3 it says, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. Paul, above everyone else, knew it's not about any members of the community and what they've done. It's what God has done for them. That God has chosen these people from Thessalonica when he was originally heading to Damascus, he wasn't going there in mind to become a Christian. We know from Acts that, in fact, Paul was originally going to Damascus to find the Christian community to arrest them, to get rid of them. But before he arrived at that town, God had already chosen him to be part of the Christian community. How do we know this? Because God actually declares in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, this man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. And so this church has been elected by God to be a community of themselves, not isolated from the rest of the town, but a community within the community that they live. And of course, as we read there in verse 3, it's work that has been produced by faith. As we're reminded from Ephesians chapter 2, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. Their faith is not from themselves, it is a gift from God. but that faith but what faith do they have what has god given them how is paul certain that these people are god's chosen community the answer he gives actually is in verse 5 because our gospel came to you not simply in words but also with power with the holy spirit and with deep conviction God has opened their hearts to understand the gospel, to understand why Jesus died on the cross. It is through Jesus' death and resurrection that they come to be a community in the first place. It is this gospel which has brought them together. It is this gospel that they actually proclaim. It is this gospel that they have come to accept And understand as the truth. And so that's the first thing we can say about this community There, They're elected by faith because of the gospel. The second thing we can say about this community is that there is love shown in their actions. Paul again says in verse 3 that their labour was prompted by love. And if we in fact go to verse Six, Paul says to them, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of your suffering. They became the model. They imitated their teachers. They imitated those who brought them the gospel. They saw that what they did was how they were to respond. This community may well have been a bunch of total individuals, each with their different skills and capabilities. Their labours in love may have not looked exactly the same as the person next to them. But the way they went about their labour, the way they went about what they did, was the same. It was in love. In fact, you note in verse 7 there, Paul actually says they became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. Their action just wasn't seen just in their town, but across the whole region. Their actions were recognised as an example of how Christians were to act and behave as a Christian community. You can imagine as as Paul travelled round or spent time with With people, he would say to them, you want to see a good model of a Christian community, look at the Thessalonians. Look at what they're doing. But what inspired them to act in this way? What inspired them to act in love towards others? Why did they choose these people as models on how to live? Why not someone else who was expressing some sort of good and wonderful ideas and good behaviour? Well, the answer is in verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not simply in words, but also with the power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Their actions weren't about looking good in the community. Their actions were expressed because of the love that they have through the gospel. They did what they did because they wanted to see people come to Christ and recognise the change in them. Their labours were about the cross. Their response to what Jesus had done for them. And of course that's the reminder that James gives in chapter 2 of his letter, doesn't it? What good is it, then, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but have no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. But there's nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In other words, the deeds that they did were a response to the faith that they have. And all of that flowed from the gospel itself. And finally, they were a community of hope. You note there in verse 3 again, the endurance was inspired by their hope in the Lord Jesus. In fact, you look at verses 9 and 10, Paul gives this report in regards to them that has become known. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues from the coming wrath. This was a community who put their hope in what God had done. They got rid of their idols. They stopped following what everybody else in the community was doing. And chose only to follow God. They would not accept other ideas other than what they had heard from God to be true. They put aside what was the typical way of the community going down to the local temple and make your local sacrifices. No, they placed their hope purely in Christ. And it would seem that, in fact, because they did so, they, in fact, suffered for it. In Acts chapter 17 when Paul arrives in Thessalonica for the first time and have a read through of that when you have a chance at some point during the week. The Jews actually rise up as a mob, drag one of the new believers out and this is what it says in Acts 17 verses 6 and 7. These men have caused trouble all over the world and now come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are defying all Caesar's decree, saying there is another king, one called Jesus. This was a community who knew what it was to suffer. And yet despite that, they placed their hope in Jesus. Despite the fact that none of them had actually met Jesus face to face, or even thought, or ever heard him speak. They put their trust that Jesus was in God's Son, and that through the, even though they would suffer, their hope was in him. But why? How could they believe this? Why would you believe something like this, despite the suffering they went through? Well, the answer comes in verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not simply in words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. They were convicted that the gospel and that Jesus' return was coming. They were convicted that they lived in hope, knowing that whatever they suffered in the world today, that there was something glorious more to come. And so they were changed and transformed and showed themselves to being a Christian community. I wonder if you've seen the main point of this chapter by now. I wonder if you've seen what actually the linchpin is that holds them together as a Christian community, as it in fact holds every Christian community together. It is the very fact of the gospel itself that makes a Christian community a Christian community. It doesn't mean just getting to a point thinking we've grown and we don't need to grow ourselves any further. It is the gospel which is what only we not only hold to, and not only what we've placed our faith in. But it's actually why we do the things we do. The gospel has this effect on a Christian community. It does not simply come in words. But it comes with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Many people have heard the Bible taught to them. Many people have heard the Bible taught read to them, but it is when the gospel changes and transforms lives that we begin to see a Christian community. When we see people doing the things that we do, not just because it's a good thing or a good behaviour to have, a Christian community does it because it's responding to what the love that God has shown us. We cling to the truth of the gospel despite the world around us expressing all sorts of different ideas. That you need to hold this opinion and you need to say that all truth is truth. But our hope is placed in Christ, our hope is in the salvation that He has given through His death and resurrection. Our hope is in the one day that death here is not the end. That there is that glorious time to come. There will be a time when we are resurrected from the dead, that we will be with God forever when Jesus returns as judge and king. It is why that we as our number one priority and focus as any Christian community should be is in hearing in responding and in proclaiming the gospel now before people say to me hang on I can't evangelise people Andrew that's for professional people like you That's for those who've had years of training. That's for those who have had that experience. That's for those who are gifted. Well, let me give you some points in regards to evangelism. We think about where people are heading. And we know where we would be heading if it wasn't for the gospel itself, wouldn't we? We know the lives it's changed in us. And we can be honest with that with people, can't we? We can express to them honestly how the Bible has changed us, how why we do the things we do is because of what Jesus has done for us, can't we? We know that, even through what we've seen, that many are concerned and fearful of death. And yet, as a Christian community, we can express to them that death is not the end of it. Why? Because Jesus still isn't in the grave, is he? No, he rose from the dead. despite whatever we go through, we can express the joy that we have in what the gospel does in our lives, what Jesus proclaimed, what we know is to come. And when people see that, they may recognise, in fact, which community you belong to as a Christian community. And despite the difficulties and opposition we may face... We need to remind ourselves that in our own lives we need to change and transform. It's why we need to hear God's word week after week. It's need to remind ourselves of what the gospel is actually about and what it declares. And so this morning I want to encourage us to remind ourselves that we gather here Because of the gospel. We respond from the gospel to actually tell and support and encourage and the activities that we are involved with in helping and supporting others. We do that within the community not because it's the thing we're supposed to do. We do it because of what God has done for us through Jesus. And that shows a Christian community. And when we're telling people honestly about why we do it and the reasons we do it, we actually tell them the gospel, don't we? There's a quote that I heard recently. It said, the world, When the world is at its worst, it needs the church to be at its best. The way that we are at our best is when we hold to the gospel truth, when we express that truth in what we do, when we declare that truth to the community around us, even when the community may not want to hear it. And we do so because of the love and joy of what Christ has done for us and so I want to ask you this morning that do we see the gospel proclaimed to the world for the glory of God do we see that as our central thing do we see that as the most important thing that we do do we want to have that as part of our actions and how we respond to what we see around us. Because that's what a Christian community does. And so may in all that we do, may we respond through the gospel, a gospel that comes not just with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with a deep conviction. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that it is you who draws us together. It is you who calls us as your people and you do so through the gospel. We thank you that we are able to act lovingly to those who are in need. For we know that the greatest need that we have is to know the truth of the gospel. We pray that in support that we give to others in the way that we respond to others and how we act is a reflection of the truth of that gospel that through the Holy Spirit we are able to know and understand. We ask, Lord, in that deep conviction that despite what the world may say, we cling to that hope, not a hope that is just out there in the wind, but a definite and sure hope Because we know that despite everything we do, by your graciousness through faith in Christ, we are your people. Because Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. And we thank you for this,
0: in Jesus' name. Amen.